Loved ones, have you ever thought of everything that your parents have done for you? Let me answer that question for you right away. No, you haven't. <laughs> There's no way that you can. Most of what they've done for you, a lot of it, especially even the most important stuff, is stuff that they did for you when you were even too young to realize what was going on and certainly to recall the painting and getting ready of the baby's room before the baby's even born. The nights figuring out family finances when the kids are asleep. The sweat and talk, arguing, praying in private over decisions about school and jobs and where to move all in their interest, of course, but not something that they heard or remember. There's the texting and phone calls and emails about carpools. There's decisions about doctors. There's all the times that the child is sick and you lose sleep and then you lose sleep the next day while the child is napping because you've got work to do. They're just all sorts of stuff that doesn't get noticed by those who benefit from the work you do. And, and that's just the beginning of a, of a forever incomplete list of things that you'll never know that your parents have done for you. But it needs to be done, whether the children know it needs to be done or not. That's what it takes to raise and have a family. Now, this is not an early Mother's Day sermon, though if this just jogged your memory, you're welcome. <laughs> This is a Sunday of Easter. The thir third Sunday after Easter when we focus on, on Jesus' power, the living Jesus who is alive and well and still with us today and puts his power to use in your hearts, in your minds, in your lives. And that's the thing that God wants to focus on today and especially in our gospel lesson that he turns our heart towards, the fact that, that Jesus lives and he is constantly putting his power to use to care for you. You know, the striking thing about the lesson I just read from the Gospel of John is that there's nothing really striking about it. And by that, that I mean there was nothing new that we haven't heard before. It was amazing, of course, the most amazing miracle ever to happen in the history of the world that Jesus had died, God's Son had died, and then came back to life. But this, as John said, was the third time that we've heard about it. We, we did get the point. Jesus was alive and well and walking around and appearing his, to his disciples. And the fact that his followers, experienced fishermen, had gone out all night when the fish are coming into the nets their best and they hadn't caught anything and Jesus just said, well, try, the, try throwing the net out of the other side of the boat and the net filled up past its breaking point. Another amazing miracle, but, but one we've heard before. Luke chapter 5 when Jesus first called his disciples to follow him full-time, 
He did the same thing. So why do we need to hear about another one? And then there was the single-serving lunch. Same items on the menu. Bread, fish. And Jesus multiplies it to feed a group. A group of seven hungry men, but still a pretty small group compared to the 5,000 men and their families that he had done the first time and the 4,000 men that he had fed the second time from the same amount of food. Why do we need to hear about this again? What's so special and new about this that this had to be in the Bible? And the answer is nothing. But that's the point. There was nothing special going on that day. The disciples were not together in a uh, worshiping together. There was no project they were working on or plans that they were, were working on together. There was no crisis or, or storm that they needed to be saved from, no sicknesses that needed to be healed. Just an ordinary day where the disciples were kind of bored. There were only seven of them there. There were four others that had gone off and we don't know what they were looking to do. And, and Peter couldn't stand standing around, so he said, I'm going out to fish. And the other said, well, we'll go with you. They didn't have anything else to do either. Might as well make some money or at least feed ourselves. And that's the point. It was an ordinary day with nothing special going on. Nothing special going on except the constant, extraordinary love of our powerful God constantly caring for us. You know, it was just two weeks ago that we celebrated the, the resurrection of our Lord, the most important event in all of human history. We put out invitations in advance for the celebration. We, we had a delicious breakfast we had extra church service, extra church services. We, we had a, a brass band, a big choir, organs out at full stops. Heck, if we had a ukulele trio, we probably would have let them play too for Easter Sunday. And why not? Jesus' resurrection means everything to us. Jesus' resurrection means that Jesus really is God's Son and that everything that you hear him say, everything in the Bible is true. If someone can, can predict, I am going to die horribly at the hands of people who will torture me to death and then I will come back to life three days later and he does it, guess what? He can do anything and anything that he says is true. Jesus' resurrection means everything to us because God had prophesied hundreds of years before through Isaiah and other prophets that, that the way I'm going to clear your sin from your record is I'm going to send my son who doesn't deserve to die, who's going to suffer horribly as punishment for your sin, and he'll, he'll come back to life after the suffering of his soul. And that's how you know that your sins are cleared. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. Jesus' resurrection means everything to us because it's our proof that there is life after death and with Jesus it is good. Jesus said, because I live, you too shall live. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever lives and whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. What's not to celebrate about that? 
Well, maybe the day after, or the weeks after, or the years after. The ordinary days between Jesus' resurrection and his return for you are what make it hard to believe because the faith that we get built up on that day easily wears off. You know, the way that we worship is often a, a pattern for our life, a metaphor for our life. It's the ordinary days between Jesus' resurrection and his return that are just filled with, with ordinary life stuff. Health and sickness, success and loss, stress and peace, grief and joy. They're filled with budgets and bills and, and sinners needing to be forgiven and sinners who need to work at forgiving. They are filled with all sorts of concerns and stresses and worries that occupy our minds and that's what happens is that they can so occupy our minds that the last thing that occupies our minds is the living Jesus. That's sinful human nature, isn't it? Your sinful human nature. You, dear Christian, have an easy time thinking of God in the big moments, don't you? The holidays we go to church, if someone needs to be baptized or married or buried, there, we need to have that happen in God's house. If I've really messed up and feel terribly guilty and I cannot sleep, well, then I need to pray to Jesus for forgiveness. When I'm scared by what I see in, in my checkbook or on the news, that's when all of a sudden I remember him again. But what about the ordinary days? What about the days when all is well? Don't you forget about God? Don't you think of him a little less than when you really need him? Aren't you like that child who doesn't concern yourself with everything that mom and dad do for you and even take God for granted? Listen carefully to Jesus' words. The big important words in this lesson today are ones that sound pretty ordinary. Jesus' words, come and have some breakfast. Yeah. Come and have some breakfast, Jesus says, making the point that his, his miracles and promises are, are not one-time big events, but they are something that he is constantly doing to care for you. It's during breakfast when you're rushing out the door, when you're reviewing your schedule for that day, when you're getting ready, even putting the car in reverse, that you are on the mind of Jesus even when he's not on yours. Even when you aren't aware of his care, he is sending his Holy Spirit to do the miraculous work, the same miraculous work he did for this man named Saul that he turned into his apostle, taking him from a, a, someone who, who loves sin and rejects him by nature to someone who loves God and trusts him for everything. When you're not even thinking about your need for forgiveness, it is always true that Jesus died for you. Even when you think that the battle against sin is easy, it's only because of Jesus' power that is working in your heart to reject it and do what's right. Even when you are not sure that he will answer your prayers, he promises, I'm listening and I will help. And even when you think you're all alone, Jesus 
is risen from the dead, alive and well and with you, and promises that you can rely on his power and his care for all that you need. And I've told my friends more than once that there was a day when, at least in my mind, my dad, my father, went from the dumbest man in the world to the wisest. I even remember the date. January 10th, 2001. It's when my son Jaden was born. And suddenly, all of a sudden, the light went on. Oh, that's why you were always tired. <laughs> suddenly, the light went on. Oh, that's why you always kind of grunted when I had a question and you didn't know the answer. Oh, that's why you did that. Oh, okay. Now I get it. There's so much behind the scenes that you just can't grasp as a child that your father does for you. That's your heavenly father doing everything behind the scenes with his constant power and care to take care of you, his child. This is the God who cares for us. When you have big things to celebrate, when you have big stresses and hardships to deal with, of course he's right there to help you. Pray to him in every need. Call upon him in every trouble. And he promises he will help. But remember, he's not just there for the big moments in your life, whether good or bad, but in ordinary days as well. In fact, you can't make it through those ordinary days without his help. Help that you have in Jesus. Jesus is risen, and he constantly loves you. Jesus is risen, and he constantly strengthens you. Jesus is risen, and he is constantly present to help you. Rely on the constant love and power of the risen Jesus for all that you need. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Let all of God's people say it. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.